Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the best of the Nick Brown Show. An on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's your host, Nick Brown. Sitting on his couch eating bonbons, that's Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. Yeah, we're about out of bonbons. I need to come down and see the donut man and get, uh, get come some donuts me, to yeah, come bonbons, me. I guess. I would love to see you. Well, we'll uh, I'm going to try to get down there with your next football season. We'll, uh, Nick and I have talked about that. We'll try to do some do a live show one week down there. You know, Lynn and Shirley, we've talked about it today. I know it's just, you know, now it seems like it's old because it happened on Monday night. But you've seen a lot of it. I give you a hard time that you were there when uh, Noah got off the ark and kicked the first f- uh, football. But uh, of all the championship games you've seen, where do you rank? I mean, you rank it. I mean, it was a very good game. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Well, I, yo, you and I talked before. I, I, I think you've had three games that stick out over the others because they were identical. And, uh, and I, I may write a column about this because I, I did see one, one person or one source that said something about it. You've had three almost mirror image ball games. You had the 2005 game with uh, Texas and Southern Cal. You had the 2013 game with Florida State and Auburn. And you had this year with Clemson and Alabama. And the, it's spooky how those games were like each other. It's, it's, it's almost like a Twilight Zone episode the way that the 2013 and 2016 oh, all right. I, I'm going to interrupt you right there, and I've, I should learn not to interrupt the great Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. I watched that, and because of that, and obviously you know where I finished and I know where you finished, it made me sick to my stomach because obviously I thought about as an Auburn fan what could have been, even going down to the near kick return by Clemson, and I think about Florida State returning that kick, it was that similar. It was, and, and, the, and the 2005 game, with Texas and Southern Cal was very similar too, not quite as much as this one. But the three, the three were the most exciting games. There were most back and forth games uh, with with six of the best teams that have played, and uh, and it was you know I mean just just hitting the, hitting the highlights of it. The team who ultimately lost the game took the lead, and in the case of the uh, of Alabama and Auburn, they led by double digits. And the only two times in the in the uh, period since we've been doing the playoffs when the team leading at the half lost was 2013-2016. And so you get, you know, you, you, have a, you have a significant lead, and then the team that ultimately wins clo- scores late in the second quarter to cut the lead so that they've got the momentum coming back in the second half. They come back and they take over the second half. They take the lead. But then the team that uh, ultimately loses uh, gets, you know, gets the lead back. And then you have to have a long drive by the uh, by Texas, Florida State, and Clemson to be able to win the ball game, and in the case of uh, the Auburn loss and the Alabama loss, there is a pass interference call in the end zone that sets up the winning touchdown play. If the pass interference in the end zone didn't come in those two games, probably the winning team loses loses the ball game. In all three of the uh, games, because uh, Vince Young's touchdown at the end and. Uh, uh, the, the touchdown pass from Winston to Kelvin Benjamin 
uh, in the Florida State game and then the touchdown pass from Deshaun Watson on Monday night. All of those came literally in the last seconds of the ball game. So if the, if the team that lost had given up the ball maybe 30 seconds later, then they would have, they would have probably won the ball game. In the case of the, the uh, Auburn loss and the Alabama loss, if the pass interference call is not called in the end zone, the game may, the game may not, not go that way. So just mirror images of, of, of the games. Um, and all, all three of them with probably the best, the winning team, probably had the best quarterback in the country all three of those years. I think in hindsight, Deshaun Watson ought to have won the Heisman Trophy. Uh, and I think you and I might have talked about that at the time when they gave it. Um, so just, you know, I, I think in, in, the, in the era since we've been doing it this way, Having a having a a playoff really the last twenty years if you want to do it that way going back to when Tennessee won the the first one that was actually a supposedly a matchup of you know to win the championship beating Florida State um, I, I think those three two thousand five two thousand thirteen two thousand sixteen uh, because of the way they went to the end either team could win it so exciting keeping you on the edge of the seat uh, you know nobody nobody got up and left uh, for those three ball games. No, uh, absolutely, uh, they did not. Now, this is where I, I have heard your statistics over the years, and I'm going to ask you because we had an interesting discussion today, and I want to take if you and you look, we always have this dominant conference, and I know that you can give the statistics to show why over the last five years or ten years the Southeastern Conference has been better than XYZ Conference. But are we seeing a tradition, and I want you to hear me out, if you took Alabama out of uh, SEC football, Kentucky basketball and Florida basketball, it just seems to me downturn in the conference across the board, maybe parity coming in, but I just looked at the state of the overall SEC. Now, you still got baseball and gymnastics and even softball, so I think you take those three and add them in, but looking at your major men's sport with football and football and basketball right now, ACC supplanted itself as the greatest conference. Well, I, I don't think – I wouldn't even throw basketball in there because it's never been an issue. The, uh, it's always been a one-team league. I mean, yeah, Florida had, a, had won those two championships, and Florida's got a good team now. They're the second-best team in the conference. But that, nobody's ever pretended that the SEC has ever been competitive overall with the ACC in basketball. They haven't been. I don't know that they're going to be. So especially, you know, since they, they added the, the basketball schools to, uh, to the ACC a few years ago from the Big East. So um, I, don't, I don't think there's any change – with the with the SEC uh, and ACC in basketball, ACC didn't have to catch up uh, on basketball. On football, though, stand, standing alone, that's a different matter. No question. This year, the ACC is the best conference, and you can make a case that in the last four years, the ACC has been equal or near equal. The the SEC, the the one that always uh, you know bumps their gums about it so much is the Big Ten, claiming that they're better and. At one time this year, you had four teams in the top nine in the rankings were Big Ten teams, and and I, I don't know if it was on your show or not, but there was a show I was on where where somebody was saying, uh, you know, what, what do you, how do you explain the fact that the Big Ten is caught up with the SEC? I said I'm not going to explain it because I don't think they have. You know, let's talk about it after the season. Let's not talk about it three fourths of the way into the season. Let's talk about it after the season. Let's look at the bowl results and let's look at. Uh, and let's look at head to head play in the bowls, and let's look at uh, the conference champ- I mean, the national championship playoffs, and see. And when you look at that, yeah, the SEC was only six and six in their bowl games, and that's not great, certainly by SEC standards. But the Big Ten had ten teams play, and they won three of them. They went three and seven. I, don't, I wouldn't say that's real great. And um, you know, in in, in some head to head matchups, the, the Big Ten lost to the SEC. 
and then uh, two consecutive years, uh, you've had uh, the Big Ten make it into the Final Four. Michigan State last year and Ohio State this year, and their combined the combined magnitude of their losses is 69 to nothing. The Big Ten hadn't even scored. Uh, and, you know, one time uh, against an SEC team, one time against an ACC team. So I think you can just summarily dismiss the Big Ten uh, as saying that their uh, claim to taking over the top was you know, probably fraudulent from the start and certainly uh, fell flat on its face when it came down to where you would really look at it. And, and of course, I don't think anybody claims that the Big 12 or the, or the, uh, or the Pac-12 is. But on the ACC, that's a different matter. Two out of the last four championships have been two different ACC teams. You know, I make a whole lot about the fact that the SEC has not only won or played for so many national championships, had so many teams that have had undefeated seasons and, and, have, and have been up there uh, over the last 20 years. And, in a, you know, in the last 20 years, you've had five different SEC teams win a national championship. So it's not like it's just Alabama dominating, uh, you know, in the, in the Big Ten. You can say, yeah, they've had two or three times. Well, it's all Ohio State, you know, in the pack. Pac-12 had a couple of times. Well, yeah, it was it was both Southern Cal had a couple of times, uh, had two or three times maybe with Big 12. It's always Oklahoma and Texas. Um, and honestly, in, in the uh, in the ACC, it's always just been uh, Florida State because back in the Miami heydays, they weren't in the ACC. Uh, but you know now Clemson's joined that. But the, the SEC has had five teams in the last 20 years win the championship. LSU played for one and lost it. Um, Auburn played for one and lost it. Auburn had another undefeated season when, when the system didn't let them play for it. Um, no other conference can come close to that. But in the last four years, uh, the, big, the Big Ten won one, Ohio State, their traditional guy. Alabama won one. ACC's won two out of the last four, 2013-2016, with two different ACC teams. And in the bowls this year, ACC had uh, – I don't have the number in front of me, but I'm pretty sure this is right – they had 11 teams play. Eight of them won. So uh, they, they won eight out of 11. The SEC goes six and six. And uh, uh, the Big Ten doesn't win but three out of ten. Uh, and, and then, of course, they win the championship head-to-head against Alabama. So at least for this season, I absolutely think you can make the case. I check the non-conference records because I think that says a lot. You talk about parity. And I, I do think it's a fair case to make, Nick, that you you know you had a lot of uh, you had five different SEC teams with four losses, and that's a big drop off from Alabama to undefeated to those those uh, five with four losses. But you look at those and you evaluate them realistically. And I know this is wearing SEC glasses, but look who they lost to. It's not like you didn't have them out. You know uh, LSU their their non conference loss was Wisconsin. Well, Wisconsin uh, you know finishes in the top ten, and uh, and LSU only lost to them by like two points. Well, Auburn's non-conference loss is to Clemson. And Clemson, all they do is win the national championship. And on the last play of the game, Auburn throws a pass to the end zone. If they catch it, Auburn wins the game. Uh, you know, Clemson had one game this year when they got under 400 yards total offense. That was against Auburn. They had one game this year when they were held under 24 points in scoring. Held under 20 points in scoring. That was Auburn. So uh, it's, it's not. And you can look at other, other teams as well that, that lost ball games. They, they, weren't, they weren't losing to mothers of the poor, and they weren't getting beat by significant non-conference opponents. Um, you know, you, gotta, you can throw Missouri and, and Vanderbilt and some of those guys in there toward the lower part of the league, Mississippi State losing to uh, South Alabama. But overall, the SEC record, I, I checked to see the, uh, 
the non-conference records and the two the two leagues that stand out above all the others. The SEC was forty-eight and eighteen, but the ACC was even better. There were forty-five and fourteen. So clearly, this year the ACC and the SEC were the two best. I think you can absolutely make a case that for this season, the ACC was the top football conference in the country. I, I think it would be a stretch to say that they've caught up with the SEC overall and that they're better overall. That's something you establish over 20 years, uh, not over four years or not over one year. But I think for this year, in being fair about it, you got to say the ACC was the best football conference in the country. And now I'm going to curious, have you made a – did Lindy's make a commemorative edition – for all the great folks in Clemson, South Carolina. Oh, absolutely. And it's the best publication that's ever been done about Clemson. Uh, anybody in the audience uh, that's listening to us that is a Clemson fan, uh, y'all need this, you need this magazine. It will, it will, you hear people say it's a lifetime keepsake. This for Clemson people will be a lifetime keepsake. Uh, it, uh, we we uh, sent it to the printer about 3.30 uh, a.m. Uh, during, during Monday night, wee hours of Tuesday morning. We have a uh, an obligation with the, uh, the contract with the printer that we're going to have the magazine uh, for the winning team. Same with the Super Bowl, the World Series, uh, mo- most years with the NBA champions. Um, we got, we're obligated to have that publication to the printer four hours after the game's over. What, wait a and minute, hold up. Four hours after the game is over. That's right. Yeah, wow. Four hours after it's over. And uh, so it gets, it's on the, by the time people uh, wake up the next morning, by daybreak comes, that magazine's on press, and uh, I think it hit newsstands in Clemson, the area, South Carolina, that area, uh, probably Greenville. Uh, I'm sure it wasn't the most popular thing in Columbia, but uh, uh, it was supposed to hit newsstands on Thursday. And people that are in the audience that might be traveling up into that area, you know, you can just buy one on newsstands. But um, anybody a Clemson fan or, or even just a, a college sports fan, somebody that's a historian, uh, that keeps up with these type things. Uh, we've got people that get our special editions every year because of because of what they are. There, we we do put out the best special editions in the country, and they're better in content, they're better in appearance, uh, they're better in qu- print quality, and um, and we got people that collect those. And uh, anybody that that falls in either category of of that um, needs to contact us. Call our office. Go to www.lindysports.com on the website. Go to the store and place the purchase, and we'll, uh, and we'll get a copy of that publication to you. Now, uh, is any update on how the sales are going? Will you know that? I mean, like, Oh, no, 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 it's only been out two days. I mean, ask me in two months. Uh, they, stay, they stay on newsstands until March. I think the, I think the sale, on-sale date is through March the 15th. So, so we, won't, we won't know. You know, we never know how these publications – well, that's not fair. You know, we get a pretty good idea uh, when the Cleveland Cavaliers – won the NBA championship after so many years, we had a request from the distributors to go back to press. And when, you, when, when you're getting that, you know you're selling real well. Um, you know, the Chicago Cubs edition sold well, uh, as, you, as you would expect. Uh, the, uh, the largest selling special edition we ever did in college was when Ohio State won the national championship in 2002. And on that one, we actually did go back to press. Only time we've ever gone back to press with a publication in all the years that we've been in business, was Ohio State in 2002. Wow. And now, now I'm curious. We're talking to Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. Lynn takes you to 10 every Saturday morning on the Nick Brown Show. Okay, so you're you're watching the game, and are you watching it at home? Are you watching it in your office? Because you know you got to have this to them four hours after the game. And do you have 
on computer A, you've got two laptops, and on computer A, you've got everything with Alabama. On computer B, you've got everything with Clemson. you just got to write the final story. Oh, no, it's way, it's way more than in advance than that. <laughs> no, we, we work for about two weeks. Um, once you get to the final four, you start organizing the material and setting up what your stories and interviews will be. Then, once you know who the final two are, then you are writing stories, editing stories, uh, working with potential advertisers, uh, and you're doing all that all during the week. Um, the week of that ball game, Nick, um, I know m- m- myself, uh, I, I turned off the lights and called it a night probably about 2 a.m. Uh, every, every night of that. We, we have to put together two total magazines. I know just me personally, I, I have three uh, p- features uh, in, the, uh, in the Clemson edition. I also wrote three for what would have been the Alabama edition. Um, and we've got all the pages laid out, all the photos done. And we actually have already sent on on uh, on the day of the game on Monday by about uh, probably four thirty five o'clock in the afternoon we had sent all but fourteen pages of both magazines to the printer and so we will have uh, we have to do a, you know, photo spreads of the game you have to do the front cover which you don't know how you're going to do that uh, you got to do your table of contents when you see what the final uh, situation is in it and. Uh, we have a 10-page feature on the championship game itself so that uh, once the game is, is, uh, is over, uh, all we've got to do is to generate uh, the 10-page feature on the game itself, uh, prepare the front cover, prepare the table of contents, and send those last pages to the printer. All right, now, I'm going to ask you, Dr. Lynn Carver, because this fascinates me and, and maybe hopefully our listeners as well. But, all right, the, you know, get your cover on, the picture on the cover of a Rolling Stone. So you've got this done. Normally the picture is going to be from the championship game. So is that one of the last things that's decided? So you're sitting there and you've got a Clemson shot or an Alabama shot for the cover of the, of the magazine. Yeah, usually, but I'll tell you what we did this time. Because Deshaun Watson had such a fantastic two-game career against Alabama. Um, we, we did more of a feature-type cover. With it says national champions across the top. Uh, it's a it's a predominantly uh, orange and orange and purple color scheme since that's their colors, and um, but it's done kind of in an Art Deco type thing so that Deshaun Watson snaps out at you and the national champions snap out at you, and their uh, their motto this year was all in, and so on one side of Deshaun Watson we've got all in in purple. On the other side, we've got Tigers win. All in, Tigers win. There's Deshaun Watson, national champions across the top. And it's going now, to that was, was that your creation? No, Norbert Feliciano. He's our, he's our art director and production manager. And, uh, and a good thing about working with Lindy Davis, and you know this, you know Lindy. Yes. Um, you know, Lindy, we've got a good staff, Nick. Uh, I, I think we've, we're a small staff, as you know that. We're the largest selling football magazine in America. Um, and our full-time staff is seven people. And there, there are – you may have more janitors at the depot than we've got uh, full-time so, staff. Here's the deal. I can imagine. I've met Lindy Davis, great guy, and actually had him on the show. I imagine Lindy looks at you and says, Lynn, make it look good. Right. Uh, he's not going to be – I'm not the one who's going to make it look good. I, I hope I contribute to parts of it being good, but I can't draw a stick man, much less lay out a, lay out a page. Did so, you do a uh, feature on Renfro on the walk-on? Is there a walk-on feature? Now, we, you know, if we had realized how Hunter Renfro was going to have done, we, you know, we would have done a feature on him. What I did, one of the features in the magazine is my, is my feature on Mike Williams. 
and uh, just a fantastic story, not because I wrote it. But, uh, <laughs> yes, but Mike, it is, Lynn. Pat yourself but, on the back this morning. But, but, you, but you know the history on Mike Williams. No, you know but you're going to tell, tell us. Oh, I mean, he could have been paralyzed and not played all ever. You know, the, the, first, the first series, if you remember this, he didn't play last year against Alabama because he missed the entire season. It was going to be a senior season. And, uh, and on the first series against, man, it seemed like it was the Citadel. It was, it was a small team. Um, on, the, on the very first series of the first game of the season, uh, they, uh, Deshaun Watson throws a touchdown pass to the end zone, and Mike Williams has to stretch out to get it. And his head collides with the goalpost. And he fractures his neck, and they think he's paralyzed. And they have to stop the game and cart him off the field. And he's gone for the year, and they're, and they're saying, we don't know that you'll walk again. That We don't know you do nothing. Your, your career may be over. And so he, he rehabs and, and, uh, and, you know, starts coming back. And, of course, can't play last season. But uh, the doctors give him the clearance to play. And so he plays again. He's the key guy this year. He's fantastic. He makes great catches every ball game. Um, our guys that work in NFL draft say he's going to be the number one wide receiver taken in college in, in the NFL draft. So you got a guy that if the first play, the first series of what should have been his last year playing, oh, actually it should have been his junior year because he's leaving early. Just I, I believe I'm right. He's leaving early like Gallman and uh, and Watson. But uh, but what should have been a great year for him lasts about four minutes and ends with him being carted off the field with a with a cracked neck uh, and not sure if he'll ever play again. And he turns out being the the uh, arguably the top receiver in college football. And and I, I wrote I wrote a feature with him. Uh, that's in this magazine, uh, starting back with, with him getting hurt and what it was like for him to, to go from I may never play again to now being the national champion and the number one receiver in the country. Absolutely uh, incredible. Now, Lynn, I am going to uh, move in, uh, to, to an Auburn slant just for a minute. You tell me that you have uh, you know who the offensive coordinator is going to be to replace Rhett Lashley, who left <laughs> Auburn to go to UConn and take about a $350,000 pay cut. But from all indication, it won't be – Mark Helfrich. Oh, I don't know. I, I haven't seen anything this morning. Uh, I was, you know, I was on the air with you, conjecturing what I would do, and somebody heard that. Yes. And I don't know if you've seen it, but it's been put on Facebook and out there that, uh, you know, I, I guess I need to be careful what things I project when I'm on the radio because some somebody put it out on Facebook, and I've been getting all these dings this morning on my uh, on my email from people talking about uh, whether or not that would be a good thing to happen or not. I. You know, you, and let me rephrase, on Thursday afternoon, you said that Auburn should get Mark Helfrich and know that he's going to get a head coaching job in one to two years and bring in that you wouldn't have the backlash, bring in Art Bryles as a consultant because if Auburn hired Art Bryles as office coordinator, the media backlash would just be too much to handle. And you're right, immediately after you said that, so somebody that listens to you here on ESPN 97.7 FM made it a great habit of putting that on social media. And I can tell you, on a box of Daylight Donuts, <laughs> it was not me. <laughs> oh, I don't care. I mean, you know, here's the thing. And uh, we kid about it, you know, uh, what you and I do, Nick, you know, people that aren't in the media, that don't print columns and put out magazines and have radio shows, they can predict or say whatever they want to, and then they can go back and deny it. But, you know, <laughs> if I write something in a column or if you and I say something on the radio, we can't hardly go back and take it back, can we? So, <laughs> That's true. So, you know, but, uh, hey, I just, uh, it just seemed to me like that was a good idea. And uh, obviously nobody at Auburn calling that's my opinion. But it just seemed, just seemed to me that that would be a good idea, that Helfrich would be a, a, a good guy to bring in. He's had such a successful career as an offensive coordinator uh, at, out at Oregon. 
and uh, and has uh, head coaching experience at a Power Five conference. And it seems to me like that that type person would be the type person to come in to to pick up what should be a really impressive offense at Auburn next year. Uh, you know, their their top two running backs are coming back. Uh, all but one of the receivers are coming back. They brought in a junior college All American tight end. They brought in who is arguably the number one quarterback in the country available in the Jets Stidham. Um, and uh, and uh, Braden Smith's coming back in the offensive line. Uh, they got a couple of five star offensive line, but one for sure that's that's coming in. Uh, this year, uh, so you know Auburn's offense and Daniel Carson's coming back, best kicker in the country's coming back. So somebody's going to pick up a really strong, what should be a really strong offense next year, unless of course the top running back busts his leg and the quarterback breaks his arm. Uh, you know you uh, can't can't protect against that, as we saw this year in in Auburn's offense down the stretch. But uh, it just seemed to me like the bringing in somebody like Helfrich would be uh, would be a smart thing to do. And then on the Browse thing, I understand why they wouldn't take him. But I understand why nobody would have brought Sarkeesian in to immediately be a head coach either. Uh, but uh, you know, you've got a if you got a if your spot as offensive uh, consultant is not already filled on your staff, uh, you could bring Art Browse in to you know fill that position. All right, but, real, you know, real quick, I'm going to have to start moving you to nine fifteen. Lynn takes you to ten. Have you ever seen SEC West basketball so poor as it is now? Probably not. It's it's bad, isn't it? It's terrible. Yes, it's really it's really bad. Yeah, the. Uh, there's not a there's not a really good team. Uh, Arkansas is probably the closest you got to it. Uh, and and then then they lose to Mississippi State up at up in, in Fayetteville. I think they did. Our, our resident Mississippi State fan is off and hit his head with a cowbell. Uh. Oh, okay. Well, I, I think I think that's right. I think State didn't is. Uh, uh, is Donut Man listening? Donut Donut Man was listening, but apparently, did, did you beat? I, our... I'm sorry. I was trying to text people who had been texting the show to tell them thanks for listening. What would you say to me, Lynn? Did, uh, did, didn't y'all didn't y'all didn't y'all beat uh, Arkansas and Fayetteville this week in basketball? Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah I, I brought that up to Nick earlier, and he just glassed over it like I didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and and I, and I don't mean it. I don't mean it toward Mississippi State. This is a compliment to State that they did it. But Mississippi State's no great team. I mean, they're not no, a championship they're, contender. They're not. And now they're, they're and, women. Their women are undefeated and well, ranked number four in the. In yeah. The oh well. Yeah. Right look now. at hey, South Carolina. Now, if you want to look at you want to look at the best basketball program in the conference right now, it's probably South Carolina. If you look at their men and their women combined, right? You know, check 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 men and women combined and see if we got anybody better than South Carolina. And I don't have the numbers in front of me; I'm talking from memory. But I, I would think right now South Carolina could make a case that they got the best basketball program in the uh, in the conference when you combine the two. But no, you're right. There, there's not a there's not a strong team uh, in the in the West. And it really, I'm not convinced that Florida's that strong a team. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking Florida may be looking good just because of the quality of their opposition. In the <laughs> Absolutely. SEC. Yes. So uh, you really. Thanks for listening to the best of the Nick Brown Show. Tune in live every Saturday on ESPN977.com or subscribe to the show in iTunes on Stitcher or at redpeachsports.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.